Welcome back to another episode of a Harlequins podcast. Two wins and four quarters. My name's Michael. As always, I'm sat here with my cousin Will. Back holiday weekend. What a weekend. How you doing, mate? Champions, champions, ole, ole, ole. No, I'm good. I'm really good. Yeah, no, I've had a great weekend. The sun's out. Winning rugby. Um, playoffs. League winners. It couldn't have gone any better, could it? The fans were back. Everyone was on top form. Brilliant. How are you? Mate, big weekend. Obviously, like this sort of bank holiday feels a bit false to me because I'm on half term. So it's like a sort of bit of a false bank holiday. I got a week off anyway. But yeah. sun out, watching rugby, seeing your mates, watch the game Sunday, watch the game Saturday. Incredible to see some fans back in the stadium. Like just hearing a roar of someone when they score a try, hearing the fans clapping when there's a yeah. turnover hitting that little buzz of atmosphere go up when someone kicks the corner. Like, you can miss it so much. I can't wait to get in there in a couple of weeks. Um, and, yeah, just so good to get see after things it. returning. But even, like, something small. I'm not yeah, massive, that's I'm the not, best bit. I'm not massive into my football. But Saturday night, I was down at my cricket club. The Champions League final was on. Yeah. Everyone's sitting on the tables, enjoying a drink. And it's just little things like that. Like, it's, it was it was tangible that it's almost not normal. I don't want to say normal, but it almost felt like a full-on yeah. normal weekend. A, bi- a big step in the right direction, wasn't it? And when you say little things there, for me, it's like little moments within the game. Like obviously, you get these huge rules for the tries. And obviously, when Danny ran in that first try, and we'll get onto oh, the game man. in a bit, the roar from behind the post was awesome. And he did his sort of trademark, iconic point yeah, to the crowd yeah. and run along. That was good to see again. We haven't seen that for a little while. But the little moments for me, like a big hit or a good kick into the corner that wins us like a line out or yeah. from, a, from a penalty, those kind of little moments that get a roar, I think that's what the players miss most that get them up and up and going again. So yeah. I can't wait to get in there and, and watch the Newcastle game and and see some of those moments in person again. Yeah, I hope the sun's shining. And then, Joe, you know what's actually weird? I actually appreciated more the silence. Like, when there's a kick and the, yeah. the, it goes from noisy to quiet, you appreciate it so much more. That is something it's I atmosphere. Noticed. I noticed that. That's what you want. In the final, yeah, absolutely. But no. You want to be taken on... In a game, you want to be taken on a journey, don't you? Like, the yeah. ups, the downs. There's no game of rugby, apart from maybe extra in Newcastle, where Ooh, it's just Christ. total one-way traffic. It's yeah. always a bit of back and forth, isn't it? So... Yeah, just unbelievable weekends. We have got just probably too much to talk about and we'll probably rattle on too much. We'll try and keep it as concise as possible. Um, Obviously, the big news of the week was there was fans back in the stoop. Um, That was obviously more so last week with the semi-final against Wasps. That was the first time it's been a proper, proper fans experience back down there. Obviously, you were there. This weekend, it was was the Bath, the men's, and then on the the Sunday down in, in Kingsholm for the final. And then we had a little bit of signing news. And actually, this one completely Resign. took me by surprise. Took yeah. me by complete surprise. What, what a fi- it was a really weird, like, weird like, feel-good moment almost. Like Luke Wallace is one of our own. Yeah, he, yeah was, he is. He was killed by injury. He was so promising for such a long time. He was brilliant, but he probably fell into that really unfortunate bracket. And I say it with a sort of pinch of salt, quote-unquote, whatever you want to describe it. Didn't quite fulfil his potential for us. Due to yeah. uh, due to injury and other things, but what feels and competition? Yeah, oh, 100 percent. I'm a I'm a huge fan of his. He was a fan favorite, wasn't he? He seems like a really really nice character as well. That every single player was was gassed to have him back. Yeah. Um, the, the way that fans received the news of, of his re-signing as well, it's like he is yeah. coming home. 
And he, as you say, he was a top, top seven. He's like one of those proper sevens. I remember similar to Webb at the minute earlier, earlier on in his Quinn's career, people were calling for him to get an England shot because yeah. he was just so, he was wicked over the ball. Like you, you couldn't get him off. Um, and it was almost a shame to see almost like a fall from grace as he sort of left to go to, to Coventry and then tried to regalvanize himself at Leicester. But I think the reason he left is because of, he was competing with Robbo for the seven shirt, yeah, right? Bro, yeah. So to have him back now as, as a team that is lacking a bit of depth in the seven shirt with, with him injured and without putting too much pressure on Kenningham's shoulders at such a young age, it's yeah. such an important time of the season. I don't think there could have been a, a better a better signing for that feel-good factor, yeah. a crucial time of the season where you want everyone to be rallied and, and positive and upbeat. Um, but then also, Jack Kenningham's going to learn a lot. Jack Kenningham still wears the seven shirt for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, that's the way Quinns are going, isn't it? And that's how every club tries to go, is sort of look to the future. Once you've blooded someone, it's with the intention of continuing their run. Um, but the the way they can rotate that shirt, I'd quite like to see Luke Wallace play against Sale actually. Yeah, this weekend because and we'll talk about it shortly. But I think now that we've qualified, it makes sense to rotate a few bodies again and, and come into playoffs fresh. Mm. That's I think that's just that's definitely a discussion to have, and I'm sure it's a discussion mm. that, that will will be had. The one thing that stuck out in my mind actually when we signed him sort of earmarked a little bit that we want to play with a genuine seven. Yeah. Which we so haven't done in the past. Which we haven't until done this season. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, you know, Robbo's done that job for a number of years, almost as a six, seven, and an eight, wherever he plays. But it's not played at eight, but you know what I mean. He um he's in that bracket of Kenningham, Evans, over the ball breakdown specialist. Yeah, we'll three, yeah, three real bundles. sevens. Yeah, we'll make bundles and bundles of tackles because like you say, it's a lot of pressure for a young a young Jack Kenningham who had an absolutely fantastic game on the weekend. But if he did get injured or he didn't play a full 80, whatever it is, then that balance of the back row takes a little bit of a shift because obviously you have yeah. Don Brand at eight and then you're six between, well, at the minute, Lorde, whether Chiz gets fit, whether Archie White gets back in the, in the mix, that, that's he's a genuine seven there, which is why mm. I, it was cool to me. To, I was like, okay, that's a bit more of our DNA. We're, we're not going to try and fill a, a six slash seven in there. It's, it's a, it was a bit more of a DNA signing, not just because of who he is, but just the way he plays. I think it's, and not just the way he plays, I think it's crucial to how we play. Like, if you look at the stats, Will Evans, I think he has 25 turnovers for the season. The next mm. closest person has probably got like 13. So he's yeah. like streets ahead, like almost double. It's, it's quite ridiculous when you think about it. And I don't think it's any coincidence the way we're playing is probably down to those turnovers where we go back to that phrase of unstructured attack and it's, it's chaos ball that's created through those turnovers or even breaking up the, the opponent's attack. And I think we figured out, it's great to see that we figured out that that's a way that we want to play. That's part of our identity now. Mm. And with Jack Kenningham, we've also got, I say new blood, Will Evans is still young. But yeah. obviously you want to rotate players. It's quite a dangerous position, Seven, as we know. And we've, we've seen well-documented in articles by Will Evans. Um, and obviously with Jack Willis's injury for England, um, it's a dangerous position. So you've got to look after those, those players. And, and having that stable of three high-quality Sevens, the competition between them, they're only going to make each other better. And in terms of selection, obviously we don't want to lose anyone, with, but they, they've all got a valid case to start every game. So it's going to be brilliant. Um, I'm not sure if it's a short-term deal or long-term, do you know? I knew it was with immediate effects. I don't know how long it's for. Yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't imagine it's just for four games. No, I mean, I mean maybe... I think it probably includes next season. Yeah, yeah probably, probably a deal so. for next year. 
which and is brilliant. Hopefully, hopefully the body holds up. And you know, you talk about a seven being a, a dangerous position. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm happy for someone to tell me that I'm wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that he dislocated his hip while going for a yeah, turnover. He did. Yeah, he I mean, did. I mean, as a P person, it's even described to somebody who doesn't understand the sort of body's biomechanics and sort of the physiology of it. Trying to how you dislocate a hip in that sort of position is quite scary to think. I actually like, remember playing in a school game once, um, and uh, one of my mates is quite a big lad. He was playing hooker, but he's not like your traditional hooker. He's he's built like like yeah. anything. Think about Tom Young's kind of build, yeah. and he went in to clear out a ruck, and the other guy didn't see him coming, and he hit him clean on the side, dislocated his hip. It was one of the most horrendous things I have ever seen. So that's a tough one to come back from. Yeah. Well, anyway. Big tick for the club. Well done. Get Luke Wallace back yeah. in. Be interesting to see how much he plays. We'll talk about that later. However, we've got some silverware, baby. Oh, here Champions we go. England. We've done all the work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. How good was yesterday? I'm going oh, to tick off a little it. bit to start. Yeah. Selection. Yeah. Jess was obviously out, which is massive. Yeah. Massive. What she brings to the side. Um, Ellie Green didn't get the nod to start at ten, which I was I was un- I understood a lot of pressure, big final, etc. 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 But the rest of the team I think was as we probably expected. You know, litter with internationals, litter with quality, class dripping all over the place, and then within what was it a short short piece of short ten minutes or so. Your captain rips a near part and goes off. I see the emotion in Rachel Bertha's face walking off and hurt me. She didn't want to leave that pitch, did she? She she's a warrior. Um, she tries standing on it. It's like there's nothing nothing left in that need to to support her. Bless her. Um, I love that though because when she left that pitch, she clearly didn't want to go off. She wanted to stay and tough it out with the rest of her teammates. But as soon as she was crossing that whitewash off the pitch. It wasn't sulking. It wasn't feeling sorry for herself. It was like, right, my role as captain on the pitch is gone. My new role is I'm now going to become one of the coaches. Yeah, she was yeah. slapping people on the back. She was rallying everyone. She was shouting, screaming. She was great. Um, a true leader. So um, all the best for her injury. But I also loved all the celebrations where she was hopping about, trophy yeah, yeah. head on one leg. And actually earlier this week in my, in my typical day job, I was actually on set at the stoop shooting some content for Adidas with... Yeah. With, with Rachel and Jess. Little behind-the-scenes um, number for you there? Yeah, a little, little behind-the-scenes number, but it was such good fun because obviously we've had them both on the pod before and I've never met either of them. And it just felt like they were in a really good place mentally and they were super excited for the final. There was a real buzz about the place and it wasn't just those two, it was all the staff. Um, managed to catch up with D-Rodge, who we've, we've obviously yeah. been in contact with loads over socials, but never actually met him, who does the Quinns Live stuff. So... And some of the some of the members of staff behind the scenes. So there was a real buzz about the place and like a real air of confidence. And I was kind of walking around capturing this content. And sometimes at Adidas, when we shoot things, you you shoot it ahead of time, like we do for this game. We wanted to shoot it ahead of the women's final, and you don't know what the outcome's going to be. So you, the it's like an investment risk because you're putting money into something where a it might not get used or it might get used, but because of a result, it doesn't fly or you don't get as much return on it or engagement, etc shooting that content, I was like, we need to make sure we absolutely nail this because this is going to happen. Like, there was <laughs> such a confidence. It was so good. Um, but there was such calmness as well. 
and actually saw obviously Rachel was doing co-coms on the Quinns game because she didn't want to be sat at home twiddling her thumbs on the Saturday thinking, oh, I've got a cup final tomorrow. Yeah. She was like, no, you're just going to keep doing my thing, treat it like any other game. That's the main thing I took away from spending a bit of time with them in midweek is they wanted to treat it like any other game. Um, they stuck to the same schedule, even though the game was on a Sunday um, and they didn't travel down and stay overnight on Saturday. They just went down on Sunday morning to Gloucester, wanted to treat it like any other game. Um, and obviously it, it paid dividends. And the way we started was unbelievably fast, yeah. foot on the throat. And then we, we get back down their end again and score again. It was a tight contest. And at that point, you're thinking this, you always know Sarri's a top quality outfit. <laughs> and when Marley Packer's captain, she's just absolutely terrifying. I've never been so scared of anyone. Number she one, was number one player in international rugby. I wouldn't want to fight Marley Packer. <laughs> she I, was absolutely <laughs> terrifying. Couldn't believe it. I was, but some of it was like proper in your face and I kind of thought yeah. mm, that's almost like a little bit disrespectful but I guess it's a final it's kind of like a psychological oh, warfare I the same. But yeah but, oh, yeah. but wouldn't have and, even I, I, I wouldn't even like 1% of the bite that she's got Christ terrifying no, if, if anything it made it even sweeter how we managed to win so yeah um, but talking about the game then Amy Cocaine two tries Yeah. driving mules driving mules was a great strength of ours wasn't it we Ooh. had them on the ropes yeah. many times as well many it times it gets the big set of forwards as well they are you know, the Monsters Fields, Bottoman. Yeah, yeah. Massive, like, Packer, like, that's no mean feat. Two rolling balls from, from, from a line-out. Yeah, I thought Amy was brilliant. And there were so many players that put their hand up for, for player of the match. But, I mean, we, we go through them all. But I don't think they really care who got who got player of the match. They just wanted to win the trophy. And that's exactly right. what they got. But Lange Tarima, off the tee, he was exceptional. And that one monstrous kick, 30, Massive. 40 metres plus. Not just was... monstrous in, in terms of distance. Monstrous in terms of the the timing of it in the game state of play of the game yeah, yeah to, to take us out of reach um put that eight point cushion in so important and obviously that that was the last points of the game in the end so it just proved how crucial that was it almost knocked the wind out of sari psychologically as well but i thought she was unbelievable but yeah leanne riley bossed it as well ah she was she was great i thought she was so good because when rachel burford goes off your captain as early as she did because of her injury you lose that seniority on the pitch. You lose that experience. And all of a sudden, the people around you who have got that experience at international level need to step up a little bit more. Leanne's in such a crucial position, connecting the forwards and the backs together. She's always in the game. And I just thought she controlled the tempo perfectly and played the corners. Um, there was a little tap and go she did. And I think it ended up in two quick penalties for us. They get a yellow card. And at that point, there's probably about five, six minutes left. And we're about to get two of our players back on the pitch. Yeah. All of a sudden, the momentum just totally swung our way. Um, so that was a great decision from her to to tap in that moment. But yeah. the the player of the match in the end, Shauna Brown, oh. a word on her. We were so lucky to speak to her last week. Yeah. And she was polite and articulate. And she's got such an amazing story that not a lot of people will know. Not a lot of people that are invested in the women's game will know. And then it, none of it seemed that, like that almost got lost in the fact that she was just so overwhelmed with winning the game. And yeah, she, she, told to a, she told a really cool story last week about how her mum just rocks up at games on the train. Yeah. She doesn't drive. You know, she told a story about she was playing against Wales, I think she said, and it was, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm on the bench. I might only get 20 minutes. And mum pop, like, popped up out of nowhere and was there. And Early kickoff as well. Early kickoff, yeah, early kickoff as well. But yes, it was yesterday, four o'clock kickoff. Mum got down there and she was just bawling her eyes out 
in a yeah. such in such a lovely lovely way and the news yeah. was, which what made it really amazing to me was that this morning I saw Rachel Burr's Instagram story. Her and Shauna were down at Tunbridge Wells at about nine o'clock this morning doing a girls' rugby session, which is so cool. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's... Oh. She was exceptional. I mean, yeah, we talking about the, the off-field interview as well, I think the way she spoke was perfect and the emotion yeah. she showed is exactly what you want to see in terms of, of what it really means, right? That's yeah, what yeah. it means to, to, to these players and... And actually, they get written off quite a lot. And I think it's it's great to see her being so outspoken on how... It, that game was 100% international standard. That was oh, an awesome my God, game. And the, like, and the rest. And, and it was so tense because when you get ahead, you sort of... You, I felt like we were clinging on, especially when we went down to 13 players. 13. 13 players at the in, same in time. The, in the blink of an eye as well. Amy Kikano's on a... Yeah. Puts her hand up to try and catch it, slash knock on. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, no. And then... 30 seconds later I turned around and looked at the thir- in a minute in less than 30 seconds Abby Ward's getting off the pitch I was thinking oh my god this yeah. is going to be yeah uh, and they were all over over us at that point as well but us. it made it a really exciting game and then to, to be able to nullify their attack and, and squeeze the game because we did squeeze the game and that's yeah. cup final rugby right so um, yeah we but also, thought- we should also mention friend of the pod Izzy Mayhew yeah comes on in the what is it 50th minute replacing Rachel Burford I think it was sooner than that. Might have been sooner, sooner, about yeah, 10, 12 yeah. maybe. But yeah, yeah. yeah, maybe even sooner. I think it was under 10 minutes. Oh, I've lost, I lost, lose track of the timings of it. But yeah. what a, what a, what uh, story that is as well. What a story that is, obviously, like, yeah. I saw, like, obviously, Izzy and I saw mates from uni and quite a lot of the girls that she's really good mates with, I sort of know. And they all went yeah. down to Stoop last week yeah. and had the big yeah, club on the name. I saw them there. Izzy, yeah, I saw didn't them get, there. Izzy didn't get on the pitch, mm. but then. In the final, you're running inside the first ten, and you've got to play yeah. sixty. Coming on to replace the captain as well, like that. Captain. That's a big task. Yeah, yeah. It's a big task. And there was, I think, one moment. I'm gonna say maybe just towards the end of the first half, where she regathered the ball before it was yeah, going to touch. Yeah, it was the little that sort of like pop yeah. it up, get it back in, just a little bit yeah. of nous, and then another moment like later in the game, Saris were putting the ball through the hands, and the ball goes through Poppy Cleo's hands, and just as she gives the pass. Izzy comes in massive tackle probably <laughs> the I, was on the, I was on the floor God is he yeah um, but no it's class uh, one thing I am going to I am going to ask um, I might, we might have to tweet or Instagram message Sarah Poppy Cleo plays close to the line doesn't she with the amount of chat that's going on to the official I would have yeah. loved oh yeah I didn't hear anything on the, on, the, on the mic but I would have loved to know whether Sarah who obviously owned up last week to giving a little bit of chat during the game whether Sarah's just yeah. nipping at her ears would love to know but yeah what a game like unbelievable game yeah and everything about it was just perfect wasn't it all the photos that you've seen come out of, oh. of the trophy lift like the kit looks amazing the, yeah, you've got blue skies and sunshine mm. like the kickoff time was perfect because it was sort of just coming into that evening evening setting yeah um i think the really nice thing for me as well is how involved jess breach was she obviously did some bt work um during yeah, the game which was good to see it was great that it it was an opportunity that BT took up obviously because of her injury, but how involved she was, she's got this trademark Jess Breach selfie that she does every time she wins a trophy now, which tends to be quite often, let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So, every five minutes. So, yeah. Well, yeah. I was half expecting her to be in there with the um, with the trophy lift, like giving it full John Terry vibes, but she wasn't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's funny actually, because with work, 
I was sort of tasked with um, with creating content for the game for, for Harlequins Women and Adidas to sort of drive that affiliation and association with the team and obviously um, support women's sport. And our two contracted players, Rachel and Jess, <laughs> Jess was obviously injured and then Rachel goes off injured after five minutes. I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but it was bad, fine. Bad week for work, great week for the pod. <laughs> it, but, it, but it wasn't bad for work at all because it was about so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. It was about all the games that have gone before. It's about all the work they do off the pitch to support um, the women's sport community, not just the women's rugby community. So it was great that we were able to work with, with two huge high profile names like those two and, and create something quite special. So what, what a day really, really special. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was, we I was go again next year. It. I was sat here watching it in my house, mate. And I had the back doors open. The sun yeah, was out. I saw your setup. Back doors open, move the sofa outside, swing the coffee table around and put the TV up there. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like yeah. watching it. I don't know. Got to It feels like it, it feels like it's a real turning point for women's rugby, doesn't it? I feel like because it was broadcast, because I mean I the BT co- coverage was spot on as well. Yeah, it was brilliant. And I actually really liked how they had Ugo Monia in there as well. And it wasn't just uh, no. an, an all-female punditry table, just because I feel like that would have been an easy thing to do. I actually yeah. thought it was great to have Ugo on there as well. And I'm, I'll hold my hands up and say that I can't remember the name of the referee, but I thought she was fantastic. So, was it Sarah Cox? I might be. Right. I'll, have to, I'll have to double check the name. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought she was great. No, actually, you touched on it about the Poppy Cleal chat. I'm not sure it was Poppy Cleal. Might have been Bryony. Bryony's the tight uh, head who went off. Yeah, it could have been. I don't know. One of them. Um, quite shocking chat. Like, just wouldn't let it die, would she? Yeah. And I thought the ref handled it absolutely brilliantly. Um, and perhaps Sarah Beckett was given a bit of chirp. Maybe she did it in the right way, and that's why we didn't see any of it. So, yeah, yeah. who knows? Anyway, I just I actually think this is like a huge turning point for women's rugby. I feel like it's never had more eyeballs on it. It's never been as competitive as it is now. You've got more and more clubs, professional male clubs like Bath, Bath saying they yeah. want to they want to put forward a, a team for the for next season's Premier Fifteens. I just think you look at teams like Loughborough. Surely Leicester have got to come in and, and team up with them and, and have a Leicester women's team. And all of a sudden you've got clubs that are supporting both male and female sport. I, it just feels like it's a really exciting time and next season's going to be huge again. And who's going to win it next year? I don't care who comes out. No one's, no one's going to take I think, it. Everyone's a shot at the title, but we're having them, having them all. Yeah, I, don't care. I think... Um, I also think there's going to be more games at the Stoop next year, which is brilliant. I'm all in. I'm there. Because I really enjoyed going down and watching the women play at the Stoop. Yeah, I'm all in. SSP isn't as appealing. I won't lie. No, no. <laughs> I've been. I've, I've played a, quite a bit of hockey at SSP, and it's no. Nah. Yeah. To go watch Premier Women's Rugby, Premier Rugby at all stadium. Yeah. Get it at the stoop. Friday nights maybe. Sundays yeah. maybe. Exactly. And if it doesn't work, and they have to play a game at SSP occasionally, then I still think they could maybe look at calendars. And I guess this is easy for us to say there's probably quite a lot of um, small small mitigating factors like um, premiership rugby and premier 15s but double headers big time I'd be partial to a double header and actually I would be be partial to it I'd be all over it yeah when you go to a rugby game you're not committing 80 minutes of your life to watch the game and then you go home you're committing say right let's say we've got Newcastle at home on on a Saturday we're we're dedicating that Saturday to to the rugby and to to the day out yeah not just the 80 minutes. So use that full day that you've got fans committing to you to maybe run two games or to do some kind of entertainment within the stoop where people will spend their money with you instead of bars and pubs um, elsewhere. 
because yeah. um, they'll do that anyway. So it, it just feels like a no-brainer. But logistically, I'm sure there is plenty of blockers. But... Yeah, I'm sure there is. But yeah, unbelievable day, winning trophies in the sun. Bloody hell, go and do it again next year. No one's going to catch us. We're too good. It's addictive. It's it addictive. is addictive. Winning's a habit. <laughs> it, is a, it is a habit. But no, winning is right. Should we uh, should we move on and talk talk Bath? Yeah, double winning weekends. Success had, for our female team. Had a few of them this year. <laughs> yeah, and success for the men's team as well, of course. What did you make of it? We started the game with the ball in Danny Kerr's hands in about, after about two or three minutes, playing rugby the way that we watch us play rugby all the time. There was a quick line-out. There was two quick penalties. It was the ruck speed, flying, wasn't it? Ruck speed, ru- balls flying through the hands. A little short inside ball and Jack Cunningham dives over for his first try in front of his fans, home fans, family all there, feel-good moment. And then the rest of the game just sort of went on from there. I thought Bath were excellent in spells. Um, yeah. They've got some, you know, world-class players. This uh, Who's at the second row? McAnally, maybe? Is, was that his name? Matt Nally, I think, yeah. He, his step was ridiculous. That was disgusting. Said Danny Kerr. Yeah. Won't be um, watching that one back. Yeah. But no, they were... They were they were aggressive. Ben Spencer was trying to play fast. Um, ben Spencer's a good player, isn't he? It's it's funny actually. We've seen Danny Kerr go up against Dan Robson recently, and then obviously yeah. Ben Spencer today. He's going to go up against Fafta Clerk this week. Yeah. So it's quite interesting subplots to it. But as you say, it was so good just to see a fast start again. I mean, yeah. the opening fifteen minutes we had Jack Kenningham, who again was just exceptional, go over and score his first try for the club. Yeah. We then had Danny Kerr going through and and the return of his iconic points to the crowd celebrations. So it was great to see a fast start again, because it feels like we haven't had that for the last few weeks. No. Um, but again, something we haven't had for the last few weeks that normally follows a fast start is two soft tries conceded. Yeah. Um, albeit one being that McNally step, which was, which was pretty filthy. Um, but I thought, again, that was a little bit soft. And we did address it on our last pod that, defense is an area that needs looking at and it hasn't been looked at. And if it has, it hasn't worked. Um, oh, I just think we can't be relying on luck going into the playoffs. And obviously Bath had a try ruled out, which probably letter of the law was right to rule out because he lost control of it. But I thought he was incredibly unlucky not, not to get the And they had one that was like very, very like held up over the line. And Ben Spencer well, dropped that one that he was clean through. So they, exactly. They, they put you two or three chances. Yeah, but the luck we also had, obviously, we let them back in with two soft tries. And then we scored from the restart with Marchant sort of collecting a, a ricocheting ball, yeah. like pinball, and managed to land in his hands and, and get over the line. Like, we can't rely on too much luck. And all of a sudden, that's 14 points that go the other way. And we're looking down the barrel of defeat. So I, there's, there's areas to be looked at there. But again, it's that Harlem Globe trotters sort of, we're yeah. going to come, we're going to rock up and, and fling the ball around, score points. And Steph Luis is trying to was Harlem Globe trotters as well, wasn't it? With that, oh. Over the top, the one out yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. You've, all right, I've got notes down on my phone and you just skipped to that one for me. Gee, that was the <laughs> be- for me, for me, that was the best try that we scored. Yeah, um, yeah. We've got the best eight and 10 in the premiership in open play. Yeah, um, with, with Marcus and Don Brown. How many times have we seen that axis link up and, and put... Don, well, Marcus always seems to put Don Brandt through the hole and then he, he carries it forward and LeBron James flicks it over the top to, <laughs> to Steph to, to run in. 
I thought that was that was my favourite Quinn's try of the day, but I actually thought Bayless's try for Bath, that long pass over the top, yeah. and then the the two on one back inside. I thought that was awesome as well. So some really good tries on display. And as you say, because so much happens, you have to watch the highlights to kind of digest it all I've again. I've watched them twice again. I still can't digest it. It just helped all up. No. So no, two things stood out for I'm, me was that in playoff rugby, which we can now say we're there, we've done it. Yeah, it's the first time in what was it seven years? We've done it. We're in. Yeah. Um, we've got Sale away, Newcastle at home. Yeah. There's a few other games to look at, whether we maybe finish third or fourth, whatever. That's slightly separate. If we don't tighten up in defence, we will we will not be able to go and put 40 up against Exeter or Bristol. Maybe we will. And maybe that's how we'll beat them. But we need to sharpen up in defence. I think we like that's been a, a, a sort of part of our game for the last few weeks now. And then the one thing that was really strange yesterday was Marcus Smith kicking. Now that won't happen every week. Yeah. But strange, yeah. I'd have thought some extra time after training with Nev kicking a few goals this week. Um, and you could yeah. sort of see in his face, like maybe he just sort of had a, a psychological moment in you having sport where you block. And then he just sort of was like oh, laughing about, oh, well, not laughing, but he's like, you know, just. Yeah. One of those irony. days he's, mm. he's such a, a a confident player, Marcus, and he, he always, like, he's he's so motivated and determined in everything he does. So anything like that where he'll miss a kick, he'll probably kick himself for it and he'll probably work really hard to get it right. And maybe that's where he, his, his experience will come and that's where working with Nev will, will be really beneficial. But yeah. he almost tries to overcorrect it because he's, he's so standard-driven, he's got such high standards that he won't just sort of sit on his laurels. He, he will, will try and correct it. And he almost tried a little bit too hard, I assume. Um, but yeah, as you say, he's had that now. He'll be back. I'm not worried about his kicking. No, anything, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't even make him train extra for, for just for peace of mind. I think yeah. you almost give him a little bit of time off, let him do what he wants to do. As a kicker, it's, it's totally unique, isn't it? So, yeah. um, But I thought he played well, as he always does, ball in hand as well. Another yeah. player I thought was was exceptional again is is that man Joe Marler 78 minutes 79 minutes yeah he's made of different he's made of something else isn't he he's yeah. just got a different engine to everyone else he's a machine it was quite um, funny actually you know in that last five to ten minutes and we were absolutely killing him yeah. at scrum time yes yeah the replacement hooker was Tom Doughty who yeah. was my one of my best mates at primary school yeah so I was like doing dad text me a couple weeks ago when he came on against Sailed down at the wreck. Dad texted me saying, Oh, Tom's dad has come on for Bath. I thought, Oh, yeah, that's cool. He's like, Oh, yeah, he used to play at 10, he used to play at 12 at school. And I was like, Well, we were about eight, but yeah, I get take a point, dad. Cheers. Um, but yeah, it, was <laughs> cool. it was cool watching him come on, but then also it was quite nice watching him being reversed back 10 <laughs> meters off after it. I was like, Big oh, Joe cool, Marlow. There's one of my old mates. Oh, there's Joe Marlow. Stamping his authority. Yeah, he's got an unbelievable engine, hasn't he, to be able to do that in sort of the last five minutes of a game. But there's a noticeable difference to his game this season. And I say this season on purpose because I think this is such a unique season and the way he has played has been a little bit different to before. He just seems so much wiser. I think he's really thriving in his role as one of the more experienced players. And maybe it's because this year there's kind of that noticeable changing of the guard going on with yeah. your core players now are traditionally a lot younger, like... Obviously, you've still got your, your brownies and your cares and your marlas in the team, but actually, the the focus points are Marcus and yeah, and you've got obviously March in there as well, and Tyrone Green, the new guy at fullback now, um, and obviously Don Brandt at eight and Kenningham at seven. Like this, there's, there's lots of young blood that needs yeah. nurturing, 
and Joe Marler seems to take us that like a, a duck to water. Yeah. Um, and it's noticeable seeing it on the pitch. And you hear Marcus Smith saying in our interviews a few weeks ago how he we were under the sticks because we just conceded and, and Joe was speaking and like we either ramp it up now or we get back in the changing room. So I think it's really noticeable how he's, he's changed his game to be more efficient, I think. And he obviously manages his teammates around him whilst on the pitch, but also manages his own body and his, his capabilities yeah. incredibly well. I think he's... We talk about experience a lot, but he's quite wise in sort of how he goes about his business. High IQ, um, rugby IQ. Of, yeah, great rugby IQ. I think he was a, a very worthy man of the match. It was great to see him give his medal to, to Ewan as well, one of the, the young fans in the stands. So one of his good mates. That's what we love about rugby, isn't it? Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe before watching his documentary, there we, we'd all read the articles, we'd all read it, we'd all... Un- we all know, knew what was going on, but maybe you just don't obviously fully understand it. And then you watch that and just the way that he has like conducted his season in terms of the way he talks to people and him rocking up on a match day in these big flash Adidas tracksuits and just enjoying it. And then yesterday with his interview after the game and he was like, can't hear, can't hear, brilliant. can't hear you. Yeah, brilliant. Doesn't matter. How he's uh, obviously he makes a bit of an, an ironic joke. That's what he does, you know. I thought I played money for the rugby for the money and the this and the that. <laughs> mercenary. I'm a mercenary, you know, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm a mercenary. But actually, it's he's just the, the, having the fans back in yesterday. Yeah. Massive smile on the bloke's face, which is yeah. what you want to see. Like, I love I watching. I think play. he just looks like he's loving playing rugby. I, he looks like the happiest I've seen him in a long time. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that's partially down to the documentary he's released as well. And it, maybe it feels like a, a weight off his shoulders. But yeah. it came, even before that came out, the rugby that Quinns are playing and I think his role in the team, I think he takes quite a lot of satisfaction from that nurturing role and, and that experience he's, he's got now as like one of the, the go-to men if anyone needs anything. Yeah. Um, and it's just so good to see. And particularly yesterday when he had the fans in, like yeah. he was having fun in that interview. He, he wasn't there to do a job. He was there to... To live his life, yeah. you know, and I really hope the next few games, with obviously more and more fans back in, I just think we're going to see more and more of our players in terms of character. Jack Kenningham is one of those players as well that just shows great emotion. Always turns into a fan favorite. Any any player that's got passion or yeah, or wears their heart on their sleeve, you, they can't be ignored. Fans absolutely love them, and I think Jack Kenningham is obviously one of those characters. And he's but, obviously been through the club as a fan and a. You know, exactly, it as a kid but, and... but Joe Marler as well is one of those one of those guys who you just cannot dislike. Um, no. But not only that, when you see them having a good time, it, it's quite warming. Like sometimes he'll come out, and there's my dad will remind me of the game. I think it was a European Cup game once, and they came running out of the tunnel, and you could see him smiling, and you just knew he was in like that mischievous mood yeah, yeah, where yeah, he was yeah. going to cause a bit of trouble. And actually, the boys before every game now, they form this really tight tunnel of players. And I can only imagine it was a solution to get the boys hyped up and ready because there was no fans in the ground. Yeah. I hope it stays. I really hope it stays. We saw him yesterday on the, on the run out of the tunnel. going on. Everyone's having like, a great... Everyone's laughing. Like, it's like... Um, it's, you, you've like got a, a smile at it. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. One thing it's I'll so say good. about Joe Marler as well is that, you know, this team has got a DNA of... A Quinn's DNA. It's It's... It's bloodline through it. it. We're we're fast. We throw the ball around on structure attack. All those th- all those stuff that we re- regularly talk about. But without that front three of Will Colo, Scott Baldwin, yeah. Joe Marler, hammering scrums every week, winning lineup ball with Steph and Simo, we don't have that. So maybe 
like you say, Chris Robshaw is not there anymore. Mike Brown has had the season that he's had amazing on the field, but there's been some stuff going on off the pitch that's yeah. you know, come, come out where he's he's leaving the club. Maybe now Joe and DC are sitting there and going, well, look, maybe with with the last two last two horses in, in the stable here from that you know cornerstone yeah. of the club, and he's probably loving it, like the way he's playing and how good our our forwards have played this year, and he's played close to seventy five plus minutes almost every single week, mm. which is amazing to see. Um, yeah, and then you know we go through like those stories yesterday. I think I think that's actually a really really cool point is that now that there's some fans back in and now that we know we're going to, we're going to get at least three more games of rugby, at least that's the minimum. We'll have a, two more games in the final. Maybe the semi-final, sorry. Maybe with the fans back and obviously that game at Newcastle at home, we will start getting to see it as fans. Some of those players' stories start to come out a little bit like yeah. your Jack Kenningham's, like your yeah. Tyrone Greens, like your potentially like a Lewis, a Lewis liner who might potentially, you know, obviously injury, injury, whatever. Luke Northmore, he's Luke he's Northmore. he's one that's come Prime from nowhere example. this season. Luke yeah. Northmore's going to put his hand up and maybe get himself on an England plane over to Canada and the States this summer. You know, yeah. I wouldn't bat an eyelid if he, if he went. I think he's been brilliant. But we yeah. with fans think back it, in it, now, you start to maybe see some of those sort of personal stories coming through, which is going to be so fun to watch. Massively, yeah, massively. And Luke's actually one of those ones who's had a few interviews with with D. Rog after after games, and you can see the personality coming through with him a little bit more. And yeah. the one he did after the game this weekend was you just couldn't wipe the smile off his face. So, and there's that famous image that goes around of Marcus scoring yeah. that last minute try against London Irish, and you've got Northmore right behind him, like full on fist pump, screaming his head off. Like that's what you want to see, and yeah. more of that will come out. And I think that will be a real positive vibe around the the dressing room as well. So, um, as you say, we've got at least three more games. One of them's at home. Can uh, this is a question for you because I know you can buy tickets to go up to sale away. Obviously, I think you do it through sale. Playoff, semi final. Yeah. Is it just home fans that are allowed? I think in football they just do. It's just home fans. The women's game I went to in the semi final with wasps. There was, I think, there was probably a 50-50 split. There's obviously lots of wasps fans still in London that didn't make it up to Coventry when they made that transition. <laughs> so I would assume that away fans can go. So. Question to you now, the playoffs from what I've seen on Premiership Rugby's website is the 18th and 19th of June. 18th is a Friday night. Oh, Friday. oh I know. <laughs> Imagine if we get a Friday night semi-final and we're away at Bristol. That's a big, that's a big night out. I don't know if I'd be able to get off. I don't know if I'd be able to like leave school in time to get down there. Well, what do you reckon? 19th, probably be like a 7.45, 8 o'clock kickoff. Kick off. Oh, to be fair, if we left, like, if I left school, what's it? What's easier? If you, what is easier? Is it Bristol or Exeter in terms of distance and travel? Probably I think Bristol. Brist- Bristol's probably easier to get to. Isn't yeah, it? definitely Exeter's Bristol. Sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And there's, yeah, I mean, there's I'm, I'm looking at a Friday night this week. I'm on half term sale. Oh, well, can I also just say like we're talking about whether we were away at Bristol or Exeter? Sale could still come second. It could mm. be an away trip to Sale. That would be a good night out in Manchester. Yeah, Friday, Friday night in Manchester. That would be a little bit more difficult in terms of getting there. Crikey! But the Saturday one, yeah, Saturday one. But yeah, um, I don't know what I don't know what will happen with in terms of ticketing and stuff. And yeah, we need to there's find some, out if it's just someone, home fans or not. Someone said them there's tickets still available for sale on Friday night. Last time I saw that was about a week ago, so I don't know if there still is, but. I know some Quince fans are going up because you could buy them through the sale website. It's not like yeah. you needed a, a season ticket 
number or anything like that or a membership number. I'm looking um, I also think with with the playoffs, if it is just home fans, they've got an incredibly strong advantage there. Yeah. If you're going to their place and it's just their fans. So I don't, to be honest, I don't know what the answer is. We should try and find out because I'd love to go to it. We've yeah. got to be there. Got to be there. And if not, we need to find a really, really good plan B. The trouble is, we, don't, we could be going anywhere in three places at the minute, which makes it difficult to plan. Yeah. Which brings me on to Ad, my next question. Admin, admin's a nightmare, isn't it? Admin is a nightmare. Brings me on to my next question, though. This this coming weekend, we have got sale away, so that could be a dress rehearsal. But I don't think it will be a dress rehearsal because I think we'll see some rotation. What do you think? I had this chat at the pub yesterday. Um, well... Now that the playoffs are secured, only and this is this is a bit of a selfish today, but only because I know that we're going to a Newcastle game next week at home, where I don't want there to be that much rotation because I want to see our best side yeah. playing up to pump Newcastle, send them into the playoffs in style. Also, exactly, we, yeah. we did that joint pod with Folk and Falcons, and that was the first one we lost since we started the pod, and yeah, we got got a bit of a ribbon for it, and yeah, I exactly, absolutely pump them and ribbon back. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do I see some rotation? Yes, I think so. Um, wholesale changes probably not I don't think Danny Kerr will play obviously we saw in the interview he did after the game he was only he had a, a niggle during the week he was did well to actually get on the field to start with would not be came off fairly early as well we saw quite a lot minutes. of Bandajo, didn't we yeah. yeah who played very well I thought but I wouldn't yeah, be surprised I think he's a great player wouldn't be surprised to see Scott Steele in the mix and give Danny a week off um, yeah. who else uh, I don't think you'll see the likes of anyone rush back. So, for example, Chiz, I, we, I don't think you'll see him on the bench. If he's still carrying a niggle, they won't take him. Um, yeah. I think the, the back three will probably stay due to the injuries we've got. Um, maybe you'll see Tyrone Green giving a, a break and Aaron, Aaron Morris might get a start now. He's back and fit. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh, I think uh, like Earl, Earl will play because obviously he's like fresh back on the side. Exactly, um, yeah. I'd imagine Lang and Northmore will stay the same. Maybe they'll rest one of them, um, depending on who's more who they think is more valuable to them in the coming weeks. I maybe can see Taps. I can see Taps say, getting a start. I can see Tap White playing. They did it down extra earlier in the year, didn't they? Tap White played. So, uh, yeah, long story yeah. short, I think there will be some changes. Um, however wholesale they are, whether Joe, Marler, Baldwin and Liverpool can they all start again and play long minutes I don't know but I wouldn't want to see there be too much disruption because I don't want to see that rhythm and chemistry have any sort of discourse in it by the time we get to a, 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 a get to a, a semi-final um, I'm saying it from a sort of selfish perspective because I want to see a full strength side against home in this um, in the June sun against Newcastle we absolutely pump them and then we have yeah. a bit of well, I don't thing. think that's selfish I don't think that's selfish because I think there's a bit of logic in that as well, right? So you've got three games. So you need to plan your squad or rotate your squad as effectively as you can to get a result in all three games. Yeah. The main thing is that third game because that's where it's all or nothing. That's stickled to it. You'd like, that's, that's the one you're going for. That's, that's what we've been playing for all season. How do you best prepare for this third game, which is like a mini cup final in itself, I think you need to give some players some rest at some point and rotate the squad so you've got that depth that are up to speed in terms of match fitness. But then also you want momentum. So you're now looking at these next two games and how you break down these two games to A, get some match fitness into everybody, but also get some rest and also get that momentum. Yeah. So I agree with you. I think you do make a decent amount of changes, maybe half the team, 
not the whole team, because I think even half the team is still a very strong team. And then you look at that Newcastle game, and I think that's where you go full strength again. You're gathering that momentum. The boys are playing together again. So the following week when they go into that game, they're, they're firing on all cylinders again. So you've got two games to sort of rotate the squad and, and freshen things up and, and, and also rest people. And I think the best way of doing that, managing those two games, is to use this sale game to rest a few and then to use that Newcastle game to get all guns blazing again. And I wonder I how Sale will play do... it. I wonder, I wonder yeah. whether Sale think the same thing, whether they think, actually, we could finish second. We try and keep winning. They've got X to the week the week after. I wonder how they play that. Now that now that the, those those spot those spots are confirmed, it yeah. will be interesting. I think if you I think if we put full strength out against Sale and then rotate for Newcastle as a week off, we're then coming into the playoffs a little bit cold because they haven't played together as a unit, as a 15 man yeah. group for two weeks. I think you've got to have that that week on week consistency of a full 15 man unit to get the best out of a squad. Yeah. So I think of the two games, it's got to be sale where we see the rotation is my point of view. No, I agree. I agree. And I think we, um, when we first started doing this, we used to get really amped up when the selection stuff was coming out because we gave us something to talk about and not just between yeah. ourselves also on social media. But now the selection has always been a bit like, okay, we sort of know what our team is. Um, yeah. Well, look, that's all leave it this week. We'll finish on a, finish on a note. Champions. Massive, massive congratulations to everyone at the club. We've been lucky enough to talk to some of them. And uh, yeah, what a win. What a weekend. Winning is a habit. Never happened to a better group. Couldn't have happened to a better group. All the very best of them. Well done, everyone. See you soon. And we'll, we'll, t- we'll chat soon, buddy. Cheers, mate. Yeah, right, bye.